0: All right, what we need to know today, well, there is a lot going on if you're a man and you're getting up there in age a little bit. Well, listen up, because there are now advances in treatment options for prostate condition that affects more than half of men age 50 and over. So let's learn more about this. On the hotline, we have Amy Cranbeck, who's a MD urologist at Northwestern Memorial Hospital, Professor of Urology at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. And how are we doing today, today? doctor? We're doing good?
1: I'm doing great.
0: All right. Well, I know a little bit about this because I'm over 50, so So, we're going to get right into it with you. All right. So uh, what is benign prostate hypertrophy? uh, Hypertrophy? Is that how you say it?
1: Yeah, hypertrophy yes oh, i was um, close
0: <laughs> okay so it, it is, yeah,
1: yeah it's pretty close just yeah say bph and everybody knows what you're talking about so okay um it is the natural enlargement of the prostate so as men age their prostate enlarges just like their nose or their ears gets progressively bigger every year of their life well so does the prostate mm-hmm. um, and when you use You urinate through the center of the prostate. The urethra runs through the center of the prostate. So, as that prostate enlarges, it constricts down on the urethra and makes it more and more difficult for men to urinate. So, about 50% of men in their 50s have issues, and over 80% of men in their 80s will have issues urinating secondary to their prostate. So, very common.
0: Wow. So, this is basically a problem for middle aged and uh, senior men, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's uncommon to see it in the late 40s. Sometimes I see men in their 40s, but usually it's 50s and, and beyond.
0: Gotcha. Now, I do know a little bit about this. I do know there's other procedures out there. You see some of these things being advertised on television and stuff like this. Um, how um, how new is this uh, procedure that uh, you use, and how is that different from the other ones that I, that you see on TV advertised? Yes. Yeah.
1: So... You know, with with BPH, it's so common, so there's, you know, many, many different ways to treat it. Mm-hmm. Um, the surgery that I particularly perform is called HOLEP, mm-hmm. H-O-L-E-P, and that stands for Holmium laser enucleation of the prostate. It's been around since the late 90s, but the laser technology got a lot better in the last five years, and it's just gotten extremely popular. So... With this procedure, the prostate is cored out. It's almost peeled like an orange, so about 85% of the prostate is removed. Um, It's all done with a scope through the urethra, and oftentimes the patient can go home the same day without a catheter and about one week of no exercising. Uh, The great part about the surgery is it's a one and done. So even though your prostate grows throughout the course of your lifetime, you should not require another surgery on your prostate, and you should not require medications to treat your prostate. It should really just reset the clock for you.
0: Yeah, because sometimes uh, men will have a procedure, and they'll say, "Well, we have to re, uh, maybe redo it in five years." So this is how your procedure—the yeah. one that you prefer here—and it's, um, I, I, I guess, it's H O L E P for short, right? Is that is that basically it? Or yeah. okay, and yeah, it, hold up. Hold up, okay. And and the deal is with the other ones, like I said, it, it depends because your process is going to keep growing, I would imagine. So, this seems to be, uh, to me, a, a lot better procedure. Is it widely available to uh, most urologists to do?
1: Yes. So, with hold up, the reason it's, it's been slow to take hold is it does require some dedicated training on the part of the urologist. So, mm-hmm. It's something that they usually spend extra time, maybe you know, several months to a year, maybe even longer learning how to do. Uh, but patients want this surgery, so most academic centers offer it, and even some private uh, urologists offer it as well. Uh, so you just need to, to be an advocate and look for the procedure when you're looking for a, a physician that treats you.
0: Okay, so basically, because in so many other procedures, you walk out of, of the procedure and you're wearing a catheter for four or five days. Uh, it, it's somewhat, sometimes during those procedures it could be a little little painful, a little discomfort. So you're saying most of the time with your procedure, the, the uh, whole the procedure, you're just walking out and a lot of the times you don't even need a catheter. Exactly. So
1: that that's the huge improvements in the, the technology is in the last you know two to three years we realize that patients aren't bleeding much they don't need to stay in the hospital and they don't even need a catheter um, we take their catheter out an hour to two hours after surgery we have them urinate a few times as long as they feel well they we let them leave so it's it's really quite amazing if, if you were to take this procedure um, and what we did 10 15 years ago the patients would be in the hospital a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've really come a long ways with how we can treat enlarged prostate and what we can offer then. So your prostate procedure is not your grandfather's prostate procedure. Yeah. Much better outcomes, much yeah.
0: less downside. So as far as, uh, say, most people, you know, obviously in their uh, mid-60s are already on Medicare, Medicare picks up this procedure, you think, or?
1: Yes, it actually has its own code with Medicare. So if Medicare picks it up, almost all private insurances will cover it as well. So it's highly unusual for me to ever have a patient that their insurance does not cover the surgery.
0: Wow. I mean, this really, to me, is because, you know, my... Have a lot of well, my father, my father, they all they all had the prostate problems. I remember once driving my father, rushing him to the hospital because he couldn't urinate and he he was just like screaming. And they had to catheterize him. So and then he had some type of procedure. Instead yeah. of so my father, but it, it, like you said, these are these procedures are so much better. And I did investigate for my father other procedures also, but a lot of them required. And there were side effects. One, uh, they said to my father, "Well, you're not going to be able to." to uh, yeah. One of the side effects was you may not be uh, ejaculating anymore. That was. Uh, that's yeah. what he was told.
1: And that is a very common side effect to any procedure that will open up the prostate. So we call it uh, retrograde ejaculation. So what happens is, is that the The procedure won't affect your ability to get an erection or to climax or orgasm. And the semen is actually coming from the testicles up into the urethra, but there's just not enough pressure to force it out the tip of the penis. So the next time the man urinates, um, he pees out the semen. It's a weird side effect to having your, your channel opened up so that you can urinate, but it's because it's such a low pressure system. Um, a lot of men, you know, they're hesitant about that. But when we've studied them, you know, six months to a year after surgery, their satisfaction scores in the sexual realm are just as high, if not higher than what it
0: was before surgery. Right. So they don't so, know. So, con- yeah, I'm sorry. So basically, uh, the, the semen no. goes, goes into the bladder and you're just going to urinate it out, I guess. Correct.
1: Yeah. So it's it's a change, it's an odd change. Men worry about it, but in the end, as one of my patients said, I urinate a lot more times a day than I ejaculate. It was a, it was a fair trip.
0: right? And if, and and of course, uh, any man who's in childbearing age, you, you know, that's something that uh, you you have to you, they, you discuss with them. I would imagine. Okay, if they say, "Hey, I'm not interested in having children," then it's fine. You know, but when, once you're into your fifties and sixties and seventies, most men are done.
1: Yeah. And and that's that I guess would say be one benefit of the age related factors is that most men who come to see me are past the age of childbearing. Yeah. Although we still talk about it because I think it's very important that they understand potential side effects from surgery.
0: Yeah, this is all very interesting here. So, all right, these men listening right now, there's a lot of men listening. So, I guys listen up if you want more information regarding this because of all the ones that I study for my father, this seems like it seems like the gold standard, honestly. So where can they go to get more information and, and where can they go to find out who does this procedure in the area?
1: Well, I, I call it the platinum standard. I think it's better than gold. But, um, <laughs> okay. but I would recommend uh, two websites. The first would be the Northwestern website at www.nm.org backslash urology. And the other one is my personal website, www.drcrambeck.com.
0: Excellent. Amy Crambeck, MD, urologist at Northwestern Memorial Hospital, professor of urology at Northwestern University, Feinberg School of Medicine. This is great information. I appreciate you joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, and I hope you have a great day.
0: You too. My pleasure.